0: Who's Heather? Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santee. Today I have, um, author and many other things, Rachel Laramore, on the show for you. Um, so I'm gonna let you introduce yourself here in just a minute, but, um, Rachel's gonna, gonna talk with us about nature based preschools, which is something that I am really, Uh, still kind of learning about and thinking about. But I see so many people doing cool stuff that I thought maybe you guys wanted to hear from Rachel. Um, So so Rachel, tell people, what do you want them to know about you?
1: Yeah, well, good morning. I guess it's good morning now while we're recording. Who knows when folks are listening? (laughs) So whatever time of day it is, I hope it's good. Nope. Turn Um it off and listen again in the morning if... (laughs) Right, exactly. You just hit pause and come back in the morning. Come back. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm Rachel Aramore. Uh, I currently live in Michigan. And of course, it's audio, so I can't show you my little mitten. But if it were video, I, you would they, see my hand. They can
0: imagine a hand. Exactly. Okay.
1: Just imagine a hand. And my I'm pointing midway up the state. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. as you said, I love author and other things. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it focused professionally. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a speaker and consultant and coach with programs um, through my private consulting business called Samara Early Learning, really focused on nature-based early childhood education. Um, of course, I think that means both high-quality early childhood as well as this aspects of environmental education, sort of uh-huh. bringing those two things together. Uh-huh. Um I should mention because people often ask why samara early learning like what's that mean uh-huh. and samara is the scientific term for um maple seeds or the helicopters oh it's i love helicopters yeah uh huh uh-huh. so a lot of people don't know samara is the sort of official term for that uh, so that I- came from
0: yeah, I forget things have official names like that. So I was, my husband and I were driving the other, and we're in Indiana. So it's, you know, rural and we're driving through, uh, highways that are between two cornfields. And, um, and I grew up in Nebraska. So that's very much my life. And, um, I posted something on Facebook. Like I, I want to tell Steve to stop the car so I can jump into the ditch and play with these, um, caterpillar weeds and yellow rockets yes. <laughs> and, and somebody, asked for the technical term and I, I don't know they're yellow things that grow in the ditch in the midwest yeah. i don't know I so know what they are yeah. right but it's <laughs> so but it's very always very cool to re- be reminded that there's like people who know about that kind of
1: official terms yeah official terms yeah i'm so, originally from Illinois, by the way so i totally get the midwest cornfield yeah so thing. you've
0: you've probably been on i-80 <laughs> yeah
1: oh yeah, yeah
0: absolutely yeah and all those highways so, yeah
1: I also should mention that I am also an early childhood nerd, oh. and that I'm working on my PhD right now yes. in early childhood. So, yes. So
0: awesome. So,
1: nerd to the nth degree, So Good
0: for you. Yeah, welcome to the collective. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> um, and your book is called? Preschool Beyond Walls, <laughs> and then this is where I should always be really efficient of the subtitle, uh-huh. but it's, uh, I have to think about it every time, Blending Early Childhood Education with Nature-Based Learning. Yeah. So, yeah, I got it right. I often I'm like, oh, <laughs> well preschool something. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, as long as you're not offended by yourself, not knowing your right. subtitle, exactly. I guess yeah. we're okay. Yeah. So anyway, here's the quote that um, and so here, let me say this first. What I what I really appreciated about the book, um, which I, I finished a couple of weeks ago, was that it was really a practical guide and and lots of books. That It it was a combination of passion and practical guide. And I think lots of books that that claim to say this is going to give you really good how-to and first steps don't always do that. And yours really did. In fact, it had like a whole section, right? That was, so how do we do it? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah. So I really appreciated that. Um, and what I, what I pulled as a quote from the book was, um, uh, let me just read it. So I've seen conference sessions focused on making art with natural materials, exhibit halls selling plastic playground equipment made to look like natural logs, and activity books emphasizing didactic instruction in nature facts. That being said, I've also seen some really wonderful examples of teachers who are authentically connecting young children to nature. And for this reason, I always caution early childhood professionals to be good consumers of any professional development focused on nature integration or of any professional development topic for that matter. And the reason that that quote stood out to me is um, because, and I, I don't... This is not, I don't know, I'm just going to say it. Nature-based preschool has kind of become one of those buzzwords that I'm seeing everywhere, and I think that's what you're describing, is people are using it now to get their conference presentation accepted because they know that it's a popular thing. But people going to those conferences then who really are wanting to find that good information about how to make this work in their programs maybe don't, don't have the skills yet to do that sorting right makes sense that's exactly right yeah so um so can you I mean can you talk a little bit about what um hmm, well let's about what what people should look for maybe as a good starting point and then we'll get to the the more nitty-gritty
1: yeah I mean I guess the first thing just to sort of why this why did I say this statement in the first Mm -hmm. place and then that might help with what to look for is um it is a hot topic nature is a buzzword and I think you're absolutely right. Like um, if it's peer reviewed or whatever, people see, oh, they're going to do nature. Yay. Our <laughs> participants want that. So let's uh-huh. accept it. Uh-huh. So then it's in the program. But then as a consumer, right, as a professional going to these conferences to figure out why, why do I want to do nature? I think that's the first thing is understanding what is it about nature that you care about? And then once you've figured that out, then it makes it easier to actually pick sessions. So I think sometimes it's, oh, I just, uh, I I mean, some people may just be doing it because, well, everyone's talking about it and I know I should do it, right? It's sort of that like shaming of I just come (laughs) and do it because everyone says I should. Yeah. As opposed to like, well, what do I, if I really want kids to have these meaningful interactions with real nature then a plastic log isn't going to match, right? Yes. And I mean, I know that sounds sort of crass to say that about plastic log, but I mean, seriously, every catalog I get, there is something that's in there to mimic nature to look like it but not actually feel like it smell like it crumble like it right like Mm -hmm. a log if you were climbing on it would eventually fall apart as opposed to the plastic thing that'll be there forever yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and um just that feel yeah it's so that that plastic log would be so cold compared to the like you describe the variety of texture you might experience.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Out on a real log, so I think you know. You said some. You 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 talked about people wanting to find ways, you know, or meaningful information about real nature. Um, so so describe to me. I guess um, I don't know. Do you have like a memory that? really sticks with you about one of your own interact meaningful interactions with real nature
1: is oh gosh
0: kind of, probably a lot but is there something that fuels your work
1: yeah I mean there's way? there are tons um <laughs> I mean as I said I was a I grew up in central Illinois I was on a veg, grew up on a vegetable farm uh-huh. um my family were all, like a ridiculous number of biologists like fisheries <laughs> biologists and botanists and that probably more than is normal. Um, in <laughs> fact, I know it's normal. <laughs> 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 um, but so all of those experiences for me meant I very much had a childhood immersed in nature. Um, and in fact, I recently got to visit I went back to my childhood home. Which is always funny when you do that, right? Like I'm just sort of traditional world. You go back to your elementary school and the (laughs) hallway is like way smaller than you ever remember (laughs) it being. In your head, it was huge, right? Yeah. And so I sort of expected that when I went back to this um, farmhouse and our property. And actually what I realized was we had a lot of land that was pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was, we we lived there from basically early childhood. We moved when Mm -hmm. I was eight. So I and I got to explore and had a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there thinking, Wow, this is why I do what I do. Like it was really formative and I kinda uh-huh. got I really got a little emotional about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. And I turned dad actually happened to be with me and I was like, You really let me just explore. Like this is what I tell other people to do. I mean it's like, I oh, know, you know. Uh huh. So, so within that there were tons of moments of from Small little moments of you know interacting with an insect or a plant to also like falling in the creek and getting soaking wet, and now <laughs> what do I do? And yeah, so I think that's to kind of go back to the why nature for me, there's lots of different reasons to do this to integrate nature. There's, I mean, the developmental all the developmental reasons in terms of there's physical development which Mm -hmm. I know you've talked to Angela Hanscom right yeah yeah the benefits of being outside and playing physically um then there's I mean cognitive reasons to be outside right learning about the natural world but problem solving Mm -hmm. um but social emotional development and sort of that resilience and okay I fell in the creek like how am I going to deal with this or self-regulation of like I really want to pick that critter up and squeeze (laughs) it but instead I'm gonna be gentle or whatever you know yes exactly Um, yeah that but then there's also the for me another big part of it is the spiritual side that we don't like to talk about in early childhood Mm -hmm. but this idea of something bigger than ourselves and that I mean some people put that in social emotional and it is this empathy and connection to others and the bigger world but for me that's a big reason to do
0: yeah and that's a yeah, that's another area that I am sort of new to thinking about in uh, in early childhood is that idea of um, spiritual development and separating that from any religious beliefs or um you know well, just that separating it from religious beliefs, because a lot of people will have a knee-jerk reaction to hearing that um, anyone but a parent should be helping a child with their spiritual uh, development. Or there's another side who will be saying, "Yes, every adult should be focused on that." But that's but what you're talking about is is important. This idea that there's something bigger than all of us, and whatever you want to call it, I do think that um, I experience that even now as an adult, the most, my greatest feeling of that spiritual connection is when I'm outside and looking at nature or being in nature. Right. Um, and, yeah, and, and there's value to that. Yeah. For children.
1: And I think to distinguish, for me, to distinguish it from religion, I have to think about, okay, what does spirituality mean? And it's, for me, it's moments of wonder mm-hmm. and awe I mean, in the truest sense, like the right. awesome, in the in the truest sense <laughs> right. of the word. Not right? like,
0: oh, we made this baking soda volcano and right. that's really cool. Right. That's not the kind of awe that I would be talking right. about in this conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so this sort of really jo- true joy and wonder and awe and curiosity and connection, reverence that mm-hmm. are all, yeah, they're kind of, they're messy words. It's like, how do right. we help kids with that um but most of the time it's just it's being in the moment yeah and being quiet and observing yeah and we don't need
0: to, to over complicate it by thinking about okay so what are my outcomes for this child's spiritual <laughs> development
1: <laughs> exactly exactly right <laughs> yeah. it's just sitting
0: back and letting it happen really
1: right hmm.
0: i'm glad you brought that up uh because i did want to that was one of the things that stuck out to me as I read the book too, was that idea of, of the spiritual impact that being outside can have with children. Um, And, and I, I also, you know, I mentioned before we started recording when we were just kind of chatting that I don't like to be outside in the summertime. So, so um, a nature based preschool, if I was doing it would have to very much be academic. year only, (laughs) Um, So I could still have my inside comfort during the summer, but I do have so much, so many powerful connections to uh, memories of being in nature when i was a child i grew up on farms in rural nebraska um and things like seeing a weed in the ditch (laughs) which we also were talking about before can really take me back to that moment as a child and um and for me that's a lot of what i want my work with children now to be is to be creating those kinds of memories that will be powerful for them as adults looking back um but this but that brings me to another question what do you have advice for um, people who maybe don't have that own connection? They never were really out in nature a lot, but maybe are curious about doing it with children now, or want to make sure that the children they're working with have what they didn't, that kind of thinking that also goes into our work.
1: Right. I think one thing, and actually I was thinking as you were talking about Nebraska and I've just talked about, you know, growing up on this farm and I find that one challenge we have in this work is how we define nature. And oh, there's okay. this assumption that nature is more wild, right? It is a mm-hmm. farm somewhere. It's some kind of wilderness area, like hundreds of acres or um, some sort of pristine nature. A forest. Yeah, a forest <laughs> yeah, forest <that's laughs> quiet and, you know, uh-huh. and, and yes, it is those things and we <laughs> need those things. Uh-huh. Um and ultimately, you know, we care about that diversity. But I think also we forget that even in the most urban spaces, there is nature. Uh-huh. Um, we're part of this system. We're not separate from it. Um, you know, if it's not, hu- if humans didn't create it, it's nature. So there are dandelions poking through the sidewalk, right? Yeah. there. Um, I mean, gosh, I was in the airport the other day, and there were house sparrows inside the airport. Like, (laughs) as much as we want to say that we are, like, controlling the world, we are not, you know. (laughs) Things find a way. Yeah. Um, And so, back to your sort of connection, even though people may not have... The same kinds of connections we just described in terms of these farm moments or, you know, they didn't grow up camping outside, you know, Uh all the time in the summer or something like that. They probably do still have moments of, those moments of awe and wonder that we Mm -hmm. talked about. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then I just encourage people to just start being aware. Like, start in your neighborhood. Where is nature? Mm -hmm. And actually, I've now started when I travel. To take pictures of urban nature because oh, of this issue, and I'm right. like, okay, I'm just going to start convincing people it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> so so yeah. I really did take a picture of the house sparrow in the airport. <laughs> uh
0: huh. That's a great idea. I you use the word diversity, um, and I think that's a that's really. Uh, fascinating new aspect for me to think about and in terms of diversity is where where is nature and what is nature and who has access to what kinds and um and it is everywhere. Mm -hmm.
1: So and hmm. the diversity, I mean if you really want to get deep, right? The Oh and I do. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But the more diverse (laughs) an ecosystem is or the natural world is, the healthier that system is, that it needs Uh the diversity to be healthy when there's one thing dominating one plant for example dominating an ecosystem uh-huh. so that it isn't healthy so uh-huh. we could carry that over into our other work with children and programs and sure. you know, human world and uh-huh. so. <laughs> well, that's a whole other book <laughs> that sounds I'm like you've got some work to do
0: the maybe a dissertation maybe, yeah <laughs> Um, no, that's, that's interesting to me too, because I, I actually was just talking, um, a couple days ago, uh, I was at physical therapy, which I'm done with. Hallelujah. Um, anyway, uh, she was asking me, uh, like it started with her asking me if I felt like I, like children had changed in the 30 years that I've been working with children, have children really changed? And so the conversation turned into no, but the world is changing around childhood. (laughs) And, um, one of the things we talked about was... Play, of course, and uh, the limited access children have now to the kind of uh, just getting out there, free play in nature, and you know. Uh, but so her question was, well, where can where can people do that? Because if you even go to a park, it's all plastic, and and but so your answer is great that it's there. We just have to be able to find it. Um, even in those highly protected <laughs> plastic park playgrounds, there's probably still some value exactly um, to be found if we know what, what to look for, if we're willing to look for it. So
1: That's exactly right. And there are um, nature centers and parks now that are trying to provide more natural play areas, play, natural playscapes for uh-huh. folks because there is, like it or not there is some fear that parents have um and even and teachers educators Uh have right of just sort of allowing kids to play in these spaces so if we have even though it's not traditional equipment now it's a little more natural but it's still a designated area Uh that somehow feels more comfortable um and that's one thing actually kind of getting back to our quote i was thinking about is that everyone is on a journey I think the nature thing is a journey right okay so, um, yeah there's a continuum of how much nature folks integrate in and some people are just starting they don't like you said they don't have their own connection to nature uh-huh. it's like I like this idea where do I start Um, and for some a lot of people that means starting inside like oh I'll bring some natural materials inside Bring materials that represent the natural world and my local place. Mm-hmm. And then they start with this natural play, you know, doing a little more in the play area, in the fenced space, moving away from traditional equipment or or having some traditional equipment, but also having a space where they can just dig in the dirt, right? <laughs> like, just <laughs> yes. go for it. You yeah. Know? Freak yeah. out. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that, and then of course, farther along as they now are leaving the play area. And maybe going to more wild spaces, but everyone's in a in a different place, and I I really try to remind everyone that, which is the same for everything in early childhood, right? Uh-huh. Once you know more, then you do better. Yeah, right. Yep. But you didn't always know what you know now. And yeah. so, don't give everyone else hard time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. And so, that's the the other quote that
0: we talked about. I th- feel like would fit right here then, which is just making change starts with interactions with the individual child, then class and team level changes, and finally the program as a whole. So as we're getting ready to kind of wrap up this episode, do you have specific baby step kind of suggestions or you want to talk a little about what it means to start with the individual child and then class and team level?
1: Yeah. And I wrote this when I looked at the quote, I was like, okay, what was my thinking behind this moment? (laughs) I think my thinking as I read the context of the paragraph was I hear from a lot of teachers that they don't feel like they have the power to change it. Like I want to do more nature, but, my coworkers don't like going outside, or parents are worried about kids getting dirty, or my administrator isn't on board, yeah. whatever. It's always... we don't
0: have extra clothes for kids who get wet or dirty. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. said yeah. all of those things,
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear it all the time, And so there's just this like, nope, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then i I try to remind folks, but if you if you really want to do this, you do have the power in those small moments. so even allowing a kid to pick up the worm that's on the sidewalk right is a starting point and not freak out about it like right. oh my gosh just leave it you know you're gonna hurt it oh, yeah oh. ew that's gross right ew that's gross yes <laughs> <laughs> you know but allow like yeah let's explore it wow cool uh, look at how it's moving and yeah right being embracing those moments um which i describe as learning with nature where sort of classic Reggio, right where nature's the third teacher uh-huh. and yeah. really taking advantage of that like okay, this this worm is now here, let's enjoy this moment that I couldn't have planned for, but the child engaged with mm-hmm. um, and has so much potential for learning. Um, and so the teacher teachers do have that power and there is agency in those moments. Um, and then as those moments build, then maybe coworkers start to see, oh, I, I don't know I can do that you know yeah it's not scary yeah
0: (laughs) we don't have to buy a bunch of new equipment and
1: right exactly
0: all that kind of stuff and I think that of course those that advice translates to any kind of change you're thinking about implementing in the classroom Um, but I just felt like you really articulated that very well in your in that section of your book Um, so this is great I hope that I'll just put you on the stop on the spot while we're recording I hope you'll be on again (laughs) <laughs> well, sometime because i fun. think this is definitely something people want to hear about and um and as as the conversation continues um there'll be new ways to explore this idea so
1: yeah, i'd love to it's fun um, to be a guest because i do listen regularly i've been oh do you yeah it, so <laughs> it's fun i'm like oh this is kind of, this is kind of i don't know uh, that i'll be able to listen to this episode but i, know, I get it you know yeah
0: yeah don't listen right away that's my advice (laughs) um even when I started recording this one uh I I, first I would listen to all of them and just tear myself apart and then I stopped listening for a long time and now I have a little bit of perspective but um and then we all send the links to our moms
1: right everybody that's been on the show (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what when my book first came out my mom posted on like on my professional page I bought my copy and I'm like Thanks mom, Thanks, mom. <laughs> Love mom I love
0: Facebook posts from older relatives That are like hope yeah. you have a good day Love grandma
1: Exactly. <laughs> Alright see this is what I was
0: describing Before we started recording About how the episodes just kind of disintegrate <laughs> that, that's And that's, that's when point. we know we're done. <laughs> okay but if you're a listener you know that all right (laughs) thanks everybody for listening to another episode and thank you so much rachel for um for the book and for the the talk today and and i hope you have a have a great afternoon all right bye everybody and that's the show now go get your nerd on